Welcome to Crackers and Milk. I am your host, David. I am joined by Jacob and Mike today for our second season. Um, Ryan is on a hiatus, as you guys can tell. Um, He's a little busy. Yes. Jacob has our synopsis for our first movie. So, the first movie we are talking about this season is Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Yes. The the Imperial forces, under orders from the from cruel Darth Vader, hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together with the companion. Well, wow, that's a big word. The, with the big word for Jacob. Yeah, it is a big word for Jacob. Wow. Yeah. I'm dyslexic, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, don't make fun of me. Yeah. So, the droid duo R2-D2 and C-3PO. Wow, there's no mention of Chewbacca in this. To rescue the beautiful princess, help the Rebel Alliance, and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. Back to you, David. Ooh, good job, Jacob. Good job. Yeah, no so. mention of Chewbacca. <laughs> That's kind of interesting that they wouldn't mention that one. It's well, he, he a central figure. A, he didn't get a medal at the end. <laughs> True, he didn't. Spoiler alert, if you have not seen it. The movie came out in 1977. <laughs> hey, you never know. Some people haven't watched them. 1977. So I'm doing the top ten, and the top ten, the first the one who made the most is Star Wars at 700.75 million. Then Smokey and the Bandit, Close Encounter of the Third Kind, Saturday Night Fever, The Goodbye Girl, The Bridge Too Far, The Deep, The Spy Who Loved Me, um, Oh God, and Annie Hall, which made $38.2 million. I've seen some of those movies. Yeah, I'm wondering, are those movies, like, not cool? Because <sighs> did Star Wars make movies cool? Because none of those sounded mean, top ten worthy. Well... You've never seen The Deep? Never even heard of The Deep. But but Saturday Night Fever, come on. No. Saturday Night Fever. No. That you've one, been, yes. No. You've never heard yeah. of Smokey and the Bandit? I've heard of it, but like... I've never watched Saturday Night Fever, but I'm saying like... Okay, so you... People ne- have Saturday Night yeah. Fever. Like that one's the only one, that one, and Close Encounter. Uh, right? Close oh, Encounters one. of the Third Kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that I've seen. And then Smokey the, the and the Bandit. Who, the Spy Who Loved Me? No, Who's never heard that? of that. That's James Bond. Well, I know who, who plays <laughs> James Bond. Roger Moore. Oh, well, of course we yeah. don't know about it. So it's James Bond. Yeah. It's James no, Bond. It's, well, and Carly Simon sang, sang the song. <sighs> and you have to be, you know, Jacob yeah. type of person to... Uh, How dare you? <laughs> to enjoy that one. <laughs> Why are you making you know? fun of me? Because I'm dyslexic. <laughs> no, it's not dyslexic. It's just, um, yeah, you love James Bond. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> Uh, there's probably enough. Mike, you have our... The financial side. Financial side. The financial side. Yes. Do, so, do, do, do. Star Wars Episode Four: <laughs> A New Hope, release date May 1977. The box office stats will consist of the dollar amount in the year that it was released and the dollar amount comparison of the year 2019. <laughs> so basically, people, I'm... Showing 1977 money to 2019 money. So the budget in 1977 was $11 million or $46 million for our time. Wow. The U.S. opening was uh, they garnered uh, $1.5 million, which not too good. 
Wait, wait, wait. You, uh, the the opening? opening weekend. Oh, my gosh. Opening weekend. Yeah, but, you know, it's, no, it's a ticket, weird concept. The ticket prices were less by yeah. fair. Yeah. yeah. Or $6.5 million our time. The oh, gross God. total in the United States over the whole course, $460 million. So, yeah, that's a good profit, I think. That is a good profit. Or $1.9 billion our time. And the worldwide total, $775 million or $3.2 billion. I love saying billion. So if that came out now, that would be the highest grossing movie ever, right? Actually, no. The highest grossing from my research was Gone with the Wind. It's still, yeah. it's still oh. the highest grossing movie. Okay. I don't know yeah, what the... It ingested for... Adjusted yeah, just it, it'll always be gone with the wind. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. Oh, okay, yeah. But this is close. From what I saw, it was like second or third. I don't have the numbers. Mm-hmm. In front I think of me. Avatar I was second. Oh, Avatar is still second. Yeah, and then it was this one. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was somewhere around there, but it's up yeah. there. But you, you, sorry, just no, to interject, you have to consider there wasn't as many movies coming out when with Gone with the Wind. And it was uh, and it was Star an, Wars and Star Wars, yeah. And so when you were saying that would suck in today's, yeah, that was awesome back then because yeah. there was one of like two movies opening, <laughs> right? Yeah. True. I'm gonna go watch this True. one. True. It has THX, whatever that means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Sorry, Mike. That's why I was going. Anyway, to end the budget of 11 million dollars and the profit of 775 million dollars resulted in a profit of 7,050 percent. So. Huge. That's they made big. their money back, I think. Yes, they did. And it launched everything else. Oh, yeah. That I one think. movie. Them. The toys. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank nice. you. Nice. So interesting facts, huh? Yeah. About Star interesting Wars. facts about Star Wars The New Hope. Nothing more. Nothing a, new hope. <laughs> a New Hope. Oh. A New Hope. Or The New Hope. A New Hope. Sorry. This is the magazine that says A New Hope. And it was right in front of him, folks. Yes. <laughs> the New Hope. Uh, new hope. Hmm. Still, such the weirdest scene in the whole movie. I thought is the medal ceremony. Like, why would they get a medal? Because they destroyed the Death Star. But what, why is that an interesting fact? Well, I, that's plot I just, of the movie. I know. I just think it's it's the weirdest part about the movie. No, the weirdest part of the movie is how he decided to use cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Instead of just hiring thirty more people to stand there, <laughs> well, I think that if if it was shot chronologically, then he ran out of money because at the end he had no money. Yeah, if it was shot chronologically, yeah, he has a he has no excuse for the, which I found out is uh, diving into it more. Yeah, eight million dollars was the original budget, and then it became eleven. I didn't. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> reading into that but don't usually don't movies usually over budget like over exceed their budget because you th- you think because work like i worked in i had a government job and you had to uh like put in a bid and then you try to stay within the bid but sometimes it's like no this happens no. this happens this happens so it's like it doesn't really that yep. bid is just like oh this it's an estimate yeah yeah, how do you estimate that? You know, I don't know. And like, how, how do you paying, fight the weather? <laughs> and you're paying people, like, you're just paying people. You don't know, like, oh, how long are they going to take? I don't know. It's just crazy. But that might be part of it. Is he had to keep pushing back production? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he? Did he yeah. push back production? Mm-hmm. 
when the t- Tunisia for the Tatooine scenes, uh-huh. George Lucas tried to fight the weather. <laughs> Sounds like a George Lucas idea to do. So the the famous Luke's staring off at the horizon, the two sunsets. Yeah, that was like two days late. Oh, because there was a sandstorm. Oh, sandstorm that made the the sky look like the the earth that the, they couldn't figure out where the horizon oh. was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, huh. yes, George Lucas directed this one. Guess which is the next one he directed. Oh. <laughs> uh, Phantom Menace? In front of a green screen. Which <laughs> <laughs> is so, so terrible. <laughs> yeah, folks. <laughs> well, the more we get into it, I've got some other facts about why he apparently stopped directing, but... Yeah, well, well tell us, that's... Well, so oh, are we going to go over all three movies right now, or are you no, just going to... No, 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 no. Okay, let's talk about how he was able to get this one going, the new Hope going, because he did that um, THX... Oh, yeah, THX 1138. So he yeah. did that one. Have you guys seen that? No, I never Neither seen Neither have that. I. No. Yeah. It's probably one of those movies that you don't want to see. Yeah. It's what it sounded like. It just sounded kind of depressing. Yeah. And, yeah. But I've never read it. Like, I've heard about it, but I've never been like, oh, yeah, it's interesting to watch. I only want to see it just to see if it has, because he said he drew upon it to, you know, make Star Wars. Yeah. So that'd be kind yeah. of interesting to see. Exactly. And then he did the... Um, after he did that one, he did um, American Graffiti. Yep. Yeah. So he he was able... Which proved him as a director. Yes. yes. Proved him as That's a director because right. it was like, it was made less than, it was made less, it was made for a million dollars or less. And then it grew, grossed a hundred million. Mm-hmm. And so people was like, okay, let's take the bet on George. And then George comes up with, had this idea. Yep. That he stole from Akira Kirakawa or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Who did he steal from? The Japanese director. uh, Forgive me, folks. I'm murdering the name, but Akira Kirakawa. How did he steal that? How did he... So, tell us us the story. He took the plot of Kirakawa's movie, Hidden Fortress, and turned it into a sci-fi movie. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I mean, Hollywood was ripping off Akira Kawa back in when he was actually making movies. Oh wow! Yeah, but so he owns the rights to, or his foundation owns the rights to. Uh, what's that? Seven cowboy movies. What, what was that? Oh, uh, uh, Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, because that's just based on Seven Samurai. Yeah, wow. you were telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. A while ago. So, yes, this is just another example of the Hollywood ripping off a Japanese man. Because <laughs> my brother Mike, he was showing me how Disney ripped off um, Lion King from somebody. Oh, yeah. 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 There's and a Netflix like, documentary what? on that. Yeah. 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 What? I didn't know that. Kimba. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just so nuts. Yeah, I agree. But, but you have awesome. to you have to get a you have to get an idea from somewhere, right? Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a 
production company. Oh, yeah. You're not like some writer just sitting there. Mm -mm. Yeah, so... No, granted, the movie went way different yeah. than the original idea, but the Death Stars, the Hidden Fortress, yeah. I mean, they even say Hidden Fortress yeah. in it, wow. but they're talking about the Rebel base. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like, so Rocky, sorry, because it kind of reminds me of Rocky. Rocky was um, some of the inspiration that Sylvester Stallone got was from this guy named Chuck Wagner. What? Wagner, I don't know his last name, but he fought Muhammad Ali, and so Sylvester Stallone saw that, and he started writing the script, and then um, in another episode, in three, in Rocky three, he fights Hulk Hogan, and Chuck Wagner, or whatever this guy's name is, he fought a wrestler too, so it's like, he took stuff from... Did he fight Mr. T? uh, No, he didn't fight Mr. T. Did he fight a Russian? Oh, no, he didn't. (laughs) Did he street box with his protege <laughs> <laughs> no but it, you know just the concept of those two yeah. things he took no. and so it's like all right yeah yeah like yeah, it, you have to get your inspiration from someplace at times and you you adjust it to what you want it to look like yes yes you know? exactly yeah okay and then how did uh mark hamill and carrie fisher get picked for this do you guys know i don't know I understand that Harrison Ford was like, wasn't he just like, I know he hated this role. He was up and coming. Yeah. And he took it to make money. (laughs) Yeah, he made a lot of money. And then, I don't think these were their first roles for Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. But it it worked for him. He picked unknowns for the... For the cast, for the most part. Yeah, which yeah, is smart. What, what I saw, Mark Hamill had, he'd been doing stuff for a while. Yeah? Yeah, because yeah. I looked at his, what he had done, and it looked like he started, like, in 63 doing stuff. Mm. So As he, a kid? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he's been it's acting been around, for a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah. Then Carrie Fisher, of course, is, uh, who's her, who's her mom? Doris Day? This is Carrie no. Fisher. No. No, it's, it's not Doris Day. No, it's... She, so, she had a tiff with Elizabeth Taylor, but I don't remember what yeah. what her name was because Elizabeth Taylor stole her husband. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who I believe was Carrie Fisher's father, but... Yeah. Carrie Fisher. Okay. Yeah. Um... Any other interesting things that we came across, you guys came across, of researching this film? Can I tell us boring facts? Yeah, you can start telling I'll tell some boring facts. All right. So what I've learned is the cameras they use are all Ariflex. That's the name of the brand. Mm -hmm. And then they also use Panavision cameras, mostly with Panavision lenses, blah, blah, blah. So really super wide shots. Way cool. Ariflex, they still use for uh, the current film. They're still using the Ariflex. This, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Kind of interesting. That is interesting. It's yeah. not like it's – they've made it digital now, yeah. but it still so, looks like a 65-millimeter, yeah. 70-millimeter yeah. wide film, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Uh, 116 shooting days for A New Hope. Oh, wow. That's how long it took. 
And so they stopped. They started on March 22nd, 76, shot to July 15th of 76. And then the release date was May 77, so a year of post-production. Yeah. Well, I had to make all the models. (sighs) The post-production, I found something kind of interesting. Post-production, John Jimson. Anyone know that name? No. No. John Jimson. He was the editor. He was the main editor. Yeah. And he edited the whole film. George looked at it and said, this sucks. This is, uh, he said, quote, Lucas said, quote, complete disaster. So he fired Jimson and he hired Paul Hirsch and Richard Chu and also his his wife. His wife. Marcia. Yeah. Why did he hire his wife? I guess she knew how to edit. I don't know. Maybe she understood the vision he wanted. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. She probably had a background in film as well. Yeah. Uh Yeah, John, or so, yeah, Paul and Richard, uh, they they put it a lot together and okay. he got it figured out. So, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, I wanted to bring this up, the lightsabers. So mm-hmm. in February of 77, of, uh, yeah. Lucas needed to show the executives at Fox to yeah. say, hey, this is how it's going. And part of the, part of the, produ- there were some producers there. Yeah executives there one of the producers was steven spielberg so he got to watch this crappy version <laughs> so here's what happened lightsabers were hand-drawn arrows that's what they were watching is so it was special effects of yeah. arrows drawn on the screen oh wow kind really? of interesting yeah. yeah the millennium falcon and tie fighters when they were fighting and going in space yeah. they cut and put in World War Two dogfights. <laughs> so how fun! Like I would, I would love to see this. Like wouldn't yes. that be so fun? Be like, what the heck? That is so yeah. cool! Wow! So, how did this movie get made? Right? No. Here's how it got made. This is this is the last part of that, which I thought was interesting. Producers in the room who watched, including Steven Spielberg, looked disappointed when he was looking at their faces. He's like, oh no, they don't like this. The producers. But the studio executives, including this guy named Gareth Wiegan, and he worked with 20th Century and others, he said, this is the greatest film I've ever seen. So all the executives backed him, says, oh, this is awesome. You need more money, you can have more money. But the producers are like, this is a joke. This is dumb. Especially when you... Because he created the he created the ILM is it ILM the yeah. industrial light and magic yeah yes yeah. industrial light and magic so he created that so that because twentieth century Fox had gotten rid of their special yeah. effects department yeah. so he created it but yeah they were still behind and trying to figure out because he had to start a company to do the special effects. Oh. And so he hired a guy, and that guy hired students and art yeah. art people. And yeah. so, yeah, but they hadn't gotten to a point where they had, were ready to put special effects. And this is February 77. This is a couple more months before the release comes out. So very interesting that they went in and still didn't have the special effects. They just yeah. had cut to dogfight scenes. That's crazy. Anyway, that's kind of some of the stuff that that's had. insane. Yeah. I can't. I can't believe that. Right? Do you think they'd ever release that? <laughs> that would be I so mean, cool. Like, release it, Blake. This is the this is the test screening yeah. of 
Star Wars. I don't think they'd ever would. Probably not, but I don't know. Disney's all about the money, so they own right? Fox now. Yeah, so. but they'll just George play. was all about the money too. Yeah, but, but George realized when he was embarrassed. Sure. Have you ever seen the Christmas special? Uh, no, I've never seen it. Try and find it. Yeah, you can't find it, huh? You can't find it. You'd think he'd want to sell that so a bunch of us crazy fans want to watch it and yeah. pay him tons of money for it yeah. but he doesn't want to be embarrassed he's embarrassed by it uh, that makes sense yeah which okay talking on the because i do wedding videos and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. my first wedding videos i would love for those not to ever be seen again they what? are oh, terrible yeah. you know what yeah yeah, yeah. no terrible. i get terrible because like the first couple podcasts that We've yes. Done. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is kind of awful. I don't know. I good. thought our top 10 superhero list was no, good. Well, <laughs> you have that one, but then, like, I can only speak about Dave's Den of Discourse. Yeah. And oh, you're yeah. just like, oh, my gosh. I, by the way, people, I love it, so I, I don't know why Dave doesn't like it. Yeah. Or is embarrassed, but it's I love it. just like you're just, uh, it's just not so. very good. God bless you, people. I don't know. Yeah. It says something cool at the end. Yeah. <laughs> can I can so, I go some more a little bit after look, you got something? Jake? Look, let me say something. Yeah. George only understood the story of this movie. What do you mean? Like he only had the vision of for the for this movie. He had the he, vision for the original trilogy. Yeah, but he didn't understand the story beyond this one. And we'll get into like it when he, we talk about he, Empire Strikes Back like, and Return of the Jedi. Well, you're saying right now yeah. that he, this was the only one that was like really a complete thought and he mm-hmm. understood everything yeah. that needed to go into he it to that, start it. He had the outline of the yeah. prequels. And, and the sequels. No, or the, the he did, uh, whatever. He had an idea for the sequels, yeah. but I, I will never know. Yeah. But he had a vision for the original trilogy and for prequels. prequel. He had ideas. He had an outline. Yeah. He had only fleshed out this, this story. But I no, I I agree with he, you. He he wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But he had helpers. Mm, like Ghost Riders. Uh, maybe. Okay, Mike, you again? No, I just so for all the listeners out there, I learned about directors and producers. Yeah. So. George Lucas, he basically did all of it as yeah. much as he could, right? So he had to go find a producer, yeah. find somebody that would pay for it. Mm-hmm. When the producer, that's what a producer does. They yeah. make the make the movie happen. The director yeah. has the vision. That's that's the whole thing. So I thought it was interesting. It's this whole thing, his whole story, and what Jake what Jake is talking about. It's he's got this. He understands. This is what the story is, blah, 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 blah. So, and then the poor guy, um, you know, they, they're doing their best. They choose, I want to talk about the cinematographer. His name is Gilbert Taylor. Yeah. And Gilbert Taylor is freaking hilarious. And he has his ways and he's set and he's done films for 20th Century Fox and 20th Century trusts him and says, okay, we'll pay for this guy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and this will lead, I think this will lead into our discussions of the other 
yeah. the other episodes. But I want to read a little thing on uh, he had an interview and he said uh, this is I think this was his wife talking. Gil was often waiting for George to make decisions and get to the setups. Out in the desert, George wanted to heavily diffuse everything, and Gil said, "You can't do it, George, because you've got a lot of special effects to lay in, and you won't be able to do. You won't be able to t- be able to if you diffuse it." And then they say what that is. Diffusing the lens would create a soft focus effect. Also, they had terrible bad weather when they got out to Tunisia. There was no divi- dif- definition between the sand and the sky. Gil said, "If it was diffused on top of that, George would have been absolutely." And he says a bad word, but I'll put in screwed when it cut, when it came to came time to do the effects. So I, I, I still feel like Gil was right yeah. that yeah. you have to have clarity to put yes. on the effects. Cause yeah. if you wouldn't, I, I, I it was good. I, I, I think he was right for the job. I don't think, I mean, I know that George has been, he shoots movies too. He, he's done his own yeah. cinematography, yeah. But I think Gil, I'm glad Gil was part of Star Wars because yes. I, I think it would have changed if he wasn't there. Well, uh, the New Hope, was Gil part of other ones or was he just the New Hope? Just New Hope, yep. So he helped set it up for the other stuff that George was able to do. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, they got in an argument. George said, nope, I'm not going to shoot with you anymore. So he went, they flew from Tunisia, yeah. flew, like, more budget, let's spend yeah. some more money, left yeah. Tunisia, went to California, said, I'm, we need to do it my way, and yeah. 20th Century said, no, you will do it Gil's way. We trust Gil. They went back and yeah. shot the movie. Yeah. Magic happened. Yeah. But I was talking earlier about it. For this vision that yeah. George has, this whole story in his mind, he's been a cinematographer. He shot yeah. movies. How kind of hurting is that to you? And I think that's what I'll talk about in The Empire Strikes Back is hmm. a change. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But, like, at the same time, like... Oh, it's it's cool. The Empire Strikes Back. This, what but, you hear now, is so cool for The Empire Strikes Back. But, like, with that, like... As a director, yeah, I can understand that it's hurting because, like, being in charge of something, and it's it's your vision, it's what yeah. you're trying to do, and all that stuff. Like, it is hurting, but like, the best thing, like one thing that I learned in English while I was studying it was uh, they said it's sometimes you love characters and you have to cut them. You yeah. have to cut them from yeah. your store because it's just better that they're gone. Right. Exactly. Even though you love them, it's like they're, they they just need to go. And they did that, right, with uh, Briggs, I think was his name, the friends of uh, Luke. Yeah. They cut uh, Briggs, his friends, and they had – that was part of some of the cuts yeah. they made was yeah. this is boring. There's a, there's a scene that I've seen with him in it yeah. that makes when he dies more impactful. But right. But it had to go. It had to go. It had to go. Yeah. Because it was just dragging. Instead of him looking behind him going, huh. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Luke does when when his friend gets killed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When it's his lifelong friend and they've done everything together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Tatooine? Tatooine? 
Tatooine. Tatooine. I don't know why I said Tatooine. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Tatooine. Speaking of Tatooine, the most I- most icely cantina scene yeah. was directly influenced by a Star Trek episode. Really? Yeah. I've, sorry, folks. I, Star Trek. I didn't bring my notes with me, so I'm doing this all off memory. But I don't know the episode, but yeah. there is a scene where Kirk walks into an alien bar, and there's all these different types of aliens. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah. Let's see how many times we can say interesting and interesting <laughs> facts. Interesting. <laughs> we'll get better. <laughs> oh. Okay. I do want to say one thing. I did enjoy reading this one part about a, a critic of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from the New Yorker, uh, Pauline, uh, Pauline Khalil or K A E L. I don't know. Um, said she championed like the, like the 67 Bonnie and Clyde film and all that stuff. She's like, she dismissed this film. It is an epic without a dream. Seeing the film she wrote, it is like getting a box of Cracker Jack. Jacks, which is all prizes. This is the writer-director George Lucas's own film, subject to no business in interference, yet it's a film that's totally uninterested in anything that does not connect with the mass audience. It's hmm. enjoyable on its own terms, but it's exhausting too, like taking a pack of kids to the circus. She, she, or her reaction was echoed by other influential voices and established a dynamic dynamic that would continue across four decades. Huh. Wow. uh, Well, going off of that... I think that's kind of... I think it's, like, interesting to see what people thought of it because, like, it is very... um, Nerdy, which I... Which which is great. You know, it's fun and it's it's interesting and all that stuff because it, it helps you, like... Wonder. I think that was the one thing that I've enjoyed about about it at times is like it makes you wonder about certain things. Like, okay, why is it like that? Or wait, 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 hold on. Da-da-da. You just kind of question things. And I think some stories, um, in life, no matter what you read, if you wonder about certain characters and you wonder about people, I think that draws you to those stories even more. And so it's kind of nice that it's. You wonder about people, and it kind of at the same time stinks because then you wonder someone's going to go and make a movie about it, and you're just like, oh, that's not a good one. That's not a good thought, or that's not a good way of doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Though the cast even said uh, most of the crew considered the project a children's film. The the, The actual people on set. And they rarely took their work seriously. And, I mean, when this kind of hurts is the director, and they often found it unintentionally humorous. So, I mean, can you imagine trying to shoot and people are laughing and you're like, oh, well, I, I think this is... So, the, the, the cast rewrote lines. like. Oh, right, yeah. I think Mark yeah. Hamill told him flat out he wasn't going to say this one line and he was going to say his own. Yeah. Right, that's uh they well that's in uh in another episode but yeah, 
um, Harrison Ford, they were like, kept shooting this scene, and he was like, I'm just going to say what I want to say. I'm going to say what I think he would say. What would Han Solo say in this? And they would just, then that's how they would do the movie. But like, at the same time, like my brother is telling me, or he pointed something out to me, my oldest brother, and he said, if you look at that, this one, the the New Hope, it's the funnest one. It seems like the funnest one that they ever made, like all of them, because it was very, because it was funny to them. It was like, okay, this isn't serious. This is just fun. It's a children's movie. That's your thought where you're enjoying, they're enjoying, it seems like they yeah. probably enjoy it a little bit more, but then you go to five and six and then it's like, it's a bit more serious. Oh yeah, it's way it's more serious. It's not as fun. Well, I don't know. The, the Ewoks are fun until you realize they eat all the stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I understand what you're yeah. saying. A New Hope, Star Wars was a fun movie. Yeah. 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 It was the only way I would sit in the dentist chair. Is that they yeah. had Star Wars on for me? Good. Yeah. And like, I, I think you. I think sometimes when you have that, where it's just unintentional of fun and it's just fun. Yeah. You're gonna have magic. You're gonna have a bit more magic in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, these people are having a lot of fun. Yeah. Just fun, and you could tell when people are having fun or when people aren't having so much fun on yeah. the screen. You know. And yeah, it's, you could tell Harrison Ford had fun in this. Yeah. When he's running after the stormtroopers and then they, you know, they lead him into a trap and he's like running away from him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> no, like I, but then like, then of course the other movies, he, George Lucas and everybody got more serious because it was this massive hit and massive money making thing and that sort of thing. You know, like it, it just changed. So. It changed his, um, his mindset. Yeah. You've seen the remastered fight between Darth Vader. Yeah, you showed me that. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you seen that? Between who? D- Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. It was a fa- it's a fan YouTube one, right? Yeah, it's a it's Oh, really? A, yeah. No. I would it's recommend awesome. to everybody to watch it yeah. and just envision that in this and then it matches the tone of the rest of the oh, movies. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Remastered. It's awesome. Fight right. scene. Oh, speaking of the remastered, let's let's just start talking about the, the movie. What movie? Star Wars. Star Wars. Instead of interesting facts. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, or I like interesting facts, but I'm I'm honestly going to say I like the movie, but I'm not like... Uh, You're not in love with it. I'm never in love with this one because it's so weird to me. Like the metal scene... Where they get medals, it's like, dude, this have you, is too Have you seen weird. it without the music? I love it with that <laughs> one where you have Chewbacca, the guy who does it. Ah, ah, you're just like, what the? Yeah. This is yeah, the, so weird. The, the weird, awkward smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that scene is weird. Yeah. And not just for the cardboard cutout people. Yeah. At the, but, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just weird. Yeah, it's just a weird, yeah. like, that end scene. And then, like... With the whole Obi Wan Kenobi lightsaber scene, yeah, where he just goes in a circle, yeah, like yeah. it's that's all he does, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is a little yeah. Weird. This, so it was awesome when I was a kid. Yeah, do you know how many times I did that turnaround <laughs> where I did the 360 <laughs> sword block? That was like my favorite move. <laughs> it's awesome. but, but seeing 
real sword fights yeah. as movies progress and stuff. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. that. Oh, and yeah. in the original cut, you could actually see the wire leading oh, really? to, into the Obi-Wan's robe for <sighs> that's, the, that's the, awesome. the light. I mean, people didn't see it in the movie theater. Yeah. I mean, it... No one was paying attention it's been to 30 it. Thirty years yeah. to analyze this film. Yeah, <laughs> that's so awesome. I love yeah. when no, things like 40 that. Forty years. Oh, Seventy-seven. It's man, almost I'm, forty years. Man, I am old. Okay, Holy <laughs> it is forty. It years. is forty. It is forty years. Forty-two. Forty-two. Wow. 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 Holy crap. But and then you could see the dust when they hit the lightsabers come up <laughs> off. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> But so I understand why he remastered it. It's yeah. just he didn't understand the story anymore. Mm. Yeah. Do you think? Okay, so this is what I've kind of noticed. So people like Elvis Presley. Uh, you like Elvis Presley? Well, I know. No, no, no. In I know. The ghetto. I know. <laughs> well, you have that. You have Michael Jackson. Um, those two. Those the, two are the really the the, ones. the Beatles. The Beatles, where their fame was so big, I don't, I think the Beatles were a bit more grounded. Elvis and Michael, when you hear stories about them, aren't grounded. They don't seem grounded because they're they're the artists unto themselves. Okay, you know what I mean. And like, I feel like George oh, I, is like that. I agree. Where it, he became an artist unto himself, and J.K. Rowley is following in their same kind of. It's the same pattern. story. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is the same story, but like he, she's following in that same pattern where these guys are, they're kind of off on their own and yeah. then it's their story. It's their thing. And it's like, they, okay, you're, you're not grounded. They've become gods of their own little universe. Yes, they yeah. have. Yeah. Yep. And that's why the remastered, like pawn shop first, like watching it because you have to watch the remastered if yeah. you get a DVD or a Blu-ray yeah. now. You just mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. I don't even remember Guido shooting in the original cut. Oh. Wow. He might have got off a shot, but it was definitely after Han shoots him. Wow. So, but, so because of the remastered, he put that in. Then it's and then that, it's that, the debate of who shot first. Yeah. So he he wanted Han to be more of a good guy. When that's not Han's character. No. No. Han isn't... A, like, he's a good guy yeah. with a good heart, but not... Yeah. yeah. He's not a good guy. And that's the one thing the Solo movie got right, is he shoots first. Yes. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that later in this season. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm the geek in this in this group. Very, I'm the, the one very, who, who's very. seen... These movies multiple, multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Except three. I love three. Just kidding. No, I'm never kidding about that. It's still <laughs> the greatest movie ever made in this series. In this series. Oh. <laughs> He's being facetious, folks. <laughs> it's the only one I went and saw back two times. Three times. Three times. I watched that three times. It's or twice. Did you go with a girl? I went with yeah, I went well, that's on two why you dates. went. That's I why went you went multiple dates. times. Yeah. Hey, 
Still the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've only ever seen any any of the ones that I was alive to see. Yeah. In the theaters once. Yeah. Yeah, I could say that. Like, I could see that. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how many times I went and saw Phantom Menace. I think I was once. Once. Yeah. But three, twice. But <laughs> if I was alive during this time, I probably would have saw this this one multiple times. I would I would agree with that. Because, oh, I could talk about the, the ships. I could talk about anything you want about this movie. The, the reason the, the X-Fighters were... So good against the the Tie Fighters, yeah. Is they have the same maneuverability, but they had shields. Oh. Tie Fighters went, went all for offense. They didn't have shields. Why was it, why did that change? Did that ever change? I thought that changed. Did it change? I don't know if it changed. I just know that Tie Fighters were easy to shoot out of the sky. <laughs> but it had a change in the last three, right? Or the last last, you know. They went for maneuverability. Well, I don't know when you when you when you see people as uh, when you don't care, yeah. like they don't care, then yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see it's just as maneuverability. Yeah, you know what I? What's frustrating about trying to fit this podcast of Star Wars into whatever time designated time we're trying to go for? Yeah. yeah. It's impossible. I know it's there's impossible. so much cool stuff. Like, yeah. oh, we can talk about this. Oh, we can talk yeah. about this. Oh, we can talk- oh my gosh. Yes, so much. Okay. Well, anyway. is there anything? I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. I would like to say I have this thing, this uh, complete thing, which I'm grateful to have. This is the cliffhanger, key moment, and scene sealer for this one. Okay. Cliffhanger, Obi-Wan Kenobi fights Darth Vader before sacrificing himself for the greater good. How's that? That wasn't a cliffhanger. That's not a cliffhanger. Key moment, Obi-Wan gives Luke Skywalker his father's blue-bladed lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could see that being yep. a key moment. And then scene stealer. This is the stupidest scene stealer one. The Death Star, also known as DS-1 Orbital Battle Station, the Empire's ultimate weapon. No, the scene stealer is when oh. Luke blows it up. Yes. When he hears yes. Obi-Wan say, use the force, yes. Luke. See, I would think that would be the scene trust, stealer. Trust your feelings. I think that would be the scene stealer is when Obi-Wan talks to be, him. Because that's... Yeah. You're that, like, well, he's That dead. proves the magic's real in yeah. the, as far as the story goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about in this one? No. Watch it, folks. Yes, watch, watch it still. It. Please. Yeah. It's a I, great movie. I still meet people to this day who've never seen a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I'm always surprised when they haven't That's seen a Star Wars so movie. so surprising to me. Because it's so weird. It's such a part of pop culture. Yeah. And, like, how many people have taken from Star Wars? So many people. So many. So, yeah. Please watch it. Well, okay. it's like people haven't watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's how I feel. Well, that one's understandable. Though. No, it's not. I love Ferris Bueller's. No, no, no. It is a good movie. I'm just saying it's understandable people don't watch it. In it. Cause like there's some pop culture references, but not as much as Star Wars. Yeah. Where everything kind of comes off. Like you know, you have car commercials with the Star Wars. That little kid that oh, yeah, Darth that's the best Vader. commercial. Yeah. I love you that know, commercial. That, one is, that one's an awesome one and yeah. all that stuff. So, 
Yeah. Okay. Chewbacca should have gotten a medal. Yes, he should have. And I, you need, I know it's been retconned, but... You also need to watch that uh, without the music on YouTube. Such a great thing. <laughs> you realize how video. awkward the scene actually is. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> okay. Um, just remember to subscribe, um, rate, and leave a comment. Uh, tell us what you think of the episode and what you think of Star Wars the movie. Yes, please. Please, please.